Hello everyone, it's I'm Nico, as you probably are aware, because this is my channel, and we have special co-host with me today, Shuvi Senpai. Hello, I'm back, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, this has been an interesting week, honestly. I feel like the meta's kind of changed a lot since the last time we've talked. This patch kind of introduced a lot of meta-shifting changes, in my opinion. I think specifically... We'll kind of highlight more as we go on with the, the podcast, but I'm just going to already mention, as you are probably already aware, Yawn has come a major topic this patch. Uh, they really overbuffed him, in my opinion, and you'll probably see him come up quite a bit. Yeah, and I think another part of the changes is just making sure that a lot of the topics that we also discussed last week were kind of toned down a little bit, and also adding new additions as well as giving us a bit of a um, kind of like a highway into showing us what they're going to try to do starting from starting from now moving forward in regards to transition items because we saw a couple of the new additions in regards to their pathway as we were just mentioning here. Uh, we saw a couple of those items being added. Adds a little bit of versatility to the game. I do like where the direction is going, but as you mentioned, there's a little bit of a time for that later on during the podcast too. So, yeah, uh, we weren't doing item stats before just because I, I honestly didn't have any stats and then didn't post anything until last patch. So this is the first time I was able to go through them. I went through a couple of them. I'm sure I could talk about items as like an entire separate podcast, <laughs> to be honest. So we're gonna keep that one more short and brief compared to the meta and yeah at that point we're just gonna start off as we normally do with our most picked characters so we'll go through first off we have confion as mentioned already with a 4.9 percent pick rate followed by luke with a 3.5 percent pick rate Followed by Daniel with 3.4% pick rate, and then Shoichi with 3.3, and I forgot to mention what weapon type that is, but that is two-handed sword Yuki with a 3.2% pick rate. So I already mentioned it with Tafa, Yan. I mean Yan in general got buffed, but the buffs were directed towards Tafa because it was all his skill amp ratios went up for every skill. And I think his skill amp was actually toned down, I guess as like Oh, we're going to buff all his skills, so we want to nerf him a little bit, but just the buffs were way over the top. And his rate pick rate has skyrocketed to almost 5%, which means he's definitely, like, top tier right now, for sure. Just, that's like when Air Isil was, you know, top tier, you know, of, like, a 5% pick rate at the end of last season. Mm-hmm, and it just kind of fits the playstyle of KR, right? I think we're going to be going into this later here, just a little bit of a sneak peek into one of the future stats as well, but it is survival rate, right? So his average rank is actually pretty all right right now as well. And a part of that, I think, is just the simple fact that Tomfa overall just allows a lot more survivability to Yan. And while the cooldown on Quickspin, the Tomfa weapon skill, was heavily nerfed, 15 seconds nerf on level 1, I think it just really, the character overall, right, is just so good at staying alive. He's so good at making sure these exchanges are in his favor. He just always makes sure that, you know, if the fight is going in his favor, he can con continuously chase you down. If it's not going in his favor, he can get away. Tomfa, pretty good at letting you do that. <laughs> yeah, I know that also Tomfa skill is quite strong too. There's a lot of the top tier characters can be countered pretty hard with Tomfa skill if used correctly. 
just like say like Fiora with her burst on her ultimate. If you use Tonfa skill against R three, you're gonna reflect a lot of damage back at her. Like Shuriken or Shuriken Hedgen with her uh, just combo into like Fear Caltrops. You can, t I mean, you can't Tonfa skill when you're feared, right? But there's a bunch of things with Hedgen that you can Tonfa skill, and as well as like Nadine with Bow skill as well. Yeah, just those really big, very predictable skills, right? And uh, a lot of the people that really like to do that are very squishy characters. And once you return a significant amount of damage to them, especially starting from weapon level 2 for qu uh, quick spin, yeah, you can win a lot of good exchanges as long as they're very predictable. Or, of course, for anybody who just does a lot more consistent damage, as long as you just pick the right time within their damage exchange, you'll be completely fine. Yeah... And I don't know, Jan's just gonna be mentioned so much today. He's just he, everyone was like, "Oh, Tom Fion's bad," and now he's just like top tier. So I don't think he's as bad as people were making him out to be. Yeah, it's just you gotta figure out the way to do it. I had a strange feeling I was gonna start seeing these stats even without the the buffs. Jan in general has always been a very aggressive character that also has a lot of safety, considering he was a glove only character back then. But adding Tomfa, it just it just fits right in the alley of what KR wants to do in general for these games, so... <laughs> Not surprised. Yeah, and then we're gonna move on now to Luke. Luke is generally is a more popular character in low tier. These are, by the way, top 1000 stats now. The last two times have been Diamond Plus, but we're at a point where top 1000 is higher than the lowest Diamond player, so... But it's like time to move on to their top 1000 stats. But yeah, Luke being up here is a little bit, I don't know, I'd say more surprising just because of normally his dominance in low elo. What do you think of like Luke in like more, I'd say like higher elo right now? Not bad. Uh, it's just there's so many items added into this game and we're going to be talking about that later. Although I don't think we have the stats for the new items as of yet. I'll probably touch on it a little bit here. There's a lot of new items that were added into this patch that really benefits Luke. And even if he doesn't run those, I think the synergy for him with a lot of the augments that are added into the game right now is huge. Added onto the fact that low defense still plagues the game. The TTK overall in this game is still pretty low, which means that characters like Luke that really likes to try bursting somebody, although he's supposed to be a fighter, he's going to be picked pretty well and still succeed in a lot of situations. Yeah, I'm just. They buff TT. Well, they tried to fix TTK by buffing the defensive items, but I was like, yep. "That's not gonna fix TTK because no one's running defensive items, really." <laughs> <laughs> like you, you've buffing items people aren't using. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, the only character that's really buffing is characters like Echion, who is already in like a pretty solid state. But yeah, let's move on to Daniel at this point. I think Daniel's just been relatively popular in KR for a while now. And just, again, with low TTK, it's easy for an assassin char character to do quite well, as everyone's HP and defense is lower. Yeah, he was never, I think, super popular, right? Like, he's never had those pop-off pick rates at all. But considering KR in general just uh, likes to rat until the end, that's exactly what Daniel likes to do. And I think if I remember correctly, uh, we actually recently had KR's number one being a Daniel player as well. So this character just pretty good. Transitions on him, pretty good too. Yeah, um, just 
I know they've nerfed like Blazing Dress, the HP shield, or not the shield, you know, like the HP field burn. of burn around them. Yes, the, thank you for <laughs> burn. <laughs> and so he's not doing nearly as much damage as normal. I guess with that, but I mean, he's still doing quite fine. Just I think TTK being so low, he doesn't need it as much as before. And now let's look at Shoichi and with, yeah, I'll just say hi, Grimshrank. Welcome. But yeah, Shoichi's always been a popular character in Korea and just with, I think, Eclipse added and just the amp changes in general, he's kind of rose back into being a bit more popular than I, I wouldn't say. I definitely think he was more popular before now, but he's rising back up in popularity. Yeah, I've seen him running Frailty nowadays. There's quite a lot of damage early, surprising numbers as well before any transitions. And even before level 9 or even 10, which is where Shuichi usually likes to kind of get to before he starts doing a lot more very aggressive plays. But, well, if uh, KR still likes him with the new augments and all the additional changes that Shuichi got, there you go. The stats show it right there. Yeah, he's just picked and then... But his stats don't really reflect him doing that well, yeah. so it's just, this is just more of like a fan favorite character more than a mm -hmm. an OP character, right? So yep, and that's similar to Two Handed Sword Yuki, which we'll cover next, anyways. He's just another popular character. I do think he's definitely actually above average compared to I just think compared to like the average of the meta right now. But even for like Yuki, he's not been like he he had his peak i'd say more with like dual swords than two-handed or i don't know was two-handed sword more popular i think season one was it with hoven back then uh yeah definitely you know i think overall if we're gonna touch on the topic of yuki here just for a moment in general kr likes two-handed sword other regions prefer dual sword a lot more aggressive plays versus the passive plays and scaling wise i think dual sword scales extremely well compared to uh, uh sorry two-handed sword scales very well compared to to uh, to dual swords oh my goodness i can't get my words out here but yeah that's uh another KR is special right there, if you want to consider it like that. Yeah, that just... Yeah, makes sense. He's definitely more of the, the defensive style. I remember Tank CDR Yuki being the thing in Season 5. I did not like that at all. It's Caliper. <laughs> uh, Blazing Dress, Halo. I'm like, please. I'm just dying to unique item passives, not Yuki. That one, Labatine also used to burn with the. Oh, a smolder. smolder. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's smolder. I already hate smolder and cobalt. I'm, I'm a... least it's on the main oh. mode. <laughs> uh, yeah, smolder, blazing dress, halo. It's just out oh, everything. Yeah. And yeah, let's now move on to our win rate. So we're going to do the actual win rate first. So what I mean by actual is that these are just like the actual top five win rates. We do a normalized version afterwards, which I only look at characters that have at least a 1% pick rate just because you could have like one or two people doing really well. The character kind of 
skewing stats a bit. So I like to look at the popular characters overall and not just like two or three people doing well. So yeah, let's first look off for our actual win rate. So first off is Adina with a 23.9% win rate, which is, that's honestly kind of insane. Almost one in four games she's winning. So then we have Carla with 20.5% win rate followed by crossbow nadine a 16.3 percent win rate then rapier fiora with a 16 per 16.3 win rate and tonfa yawn with a 16 percent win rate now adina we i think we've mentioned adina so many times like the last like two episodes we've done just adina's still strong just they buffed her during preseason in her like the amp changes didn't really impact her and the cdr she got on her spells or like yeah the cooldowns reduced on her spells helped her quite a bit and yeah just is able to kind of spam spells and her spells do a decent amount of damage allowing her to just kind of dominate as well and i think amp transition items are definitely on the stronger end right now i know nimble neuron did mention that in their like emergency dev stream as well so I think that definitely helps Adina out as well. Yep. Perfectly said. I, that's, I think, every topic that I would rather touch on as well for Adina. And that's been pretty consistent, too. And you mentioned that, too, right? It's, uh, we've been talking about this character for quite a while now. She was an absolute menace towards the end of Season 6. But now that uh, Season 7 has started, a lot of amp changes have come through. I mentioned this last week as well, but a lot of Adina players complained about the amp changes. And then they buffed and nerfed her at the beginning of the preseason as well. People were mad at that again. But uh, as you can see here, it did not matter. She's still very strong, even though maybe not as dominating as we saw at the end of Season 6. I'm expecting to see a few Adinas here, probably in the next couple of days, as ER Masters for the solo rotation begins. I believe the qualifiers start tonight, and we should start having the groups during the weekend. Definitely expecting at least one to show up during then. Yeah, is do you know of Adina? You know Adina, the Adina player, isn't it? I will have to double check. I can probably uh, you, you can keep going. I'll double check the uh the roster. I should have it here. Yeah, I know they're like a really good Adina player. They're the yeah. I think top five in KR right now. Actually, number one Adina. So yeah. I'm, other than Dina, I think we cover everything. We'll move on to Carla, which if you're watching the stream and not like the audio version, we're looking at Carla on gameplay right now. And yeah, Carla got a bunch of changes. She got hotfix buffed last. Was it? It wasn't the last patch, but it was like the patch before the the major patch. And then in the major patch, she also got buffed. And as you can see here, she's starting to pop off there's a few people realizing oh look carla's actually really good right now you can probably see that she's been nuking people with her w and yeah she's just been able to dominate same with all the other amp characters the amp late game items are quite strong right now as you can see with cabana we now have the new transition item sultan's turban with Tlorian timepiece and iron maiden Tlorian timepiece actually did get changed as well you can see it's a uh, Scaling up attack speed piece, which works perfectly for Carla's Kent as she wants a decent amount of attack speed to make her Q cooldown shorter. So, definitely, I think the buffs were kind of too much, and that's just pushed her over the top. 
Yeah, she's still very tough to play, though, I think. Um, you know, before, of course, when we were playing her as crit, this was the build that she usually used to go. All of her damage was pretty much kind of soaked into making sure that you landed your harpoons and you could just permanently kite. But now you actually have to play around your tethered harpoons, which makes it really difficult. I think she's a very high risk but high reward character if you can play her well. One single mistake, though, really ruins your entire gameplay there. But at least Tellurian Timepiece can remedy it a little bit. I think another item that really makes her good nowadays as well is uh, racing, racing helmet, I think it was called. Racing Racer helmet. helmet. Yeah. Racing Helmet, because adding Swift Strides onto an item that is already so well suited for a character like Carla, where you have the attack speed and the amplification and the health stat as well for a character like this, you upgrade it into giving it Swift Strides when you want to be kiting a lot more often as her as well. She's in a pretty solid spot. Very difficult character once again, but a lot of the people that are playing Carla right now, her pick rate isn't the most amazing. I think it was somewhere like 0.9% last time I checked. But her win rates are high because the players who know what we're there, what they're doing on this character and bringing her into ranked, they deserve the recognition because they know what they're doing. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. If you, the people who are watching the stream don't know, this is okay. I believe it's Han. I don't know if the rest yes. of his name you'd be able to read it. But he is <laughs> the the top. This is the number one player. He was mainly known for Celine as of lately, and also as Nathapon. So he as. Being the number one Celine player, you know he has amazing skill and just able to execute probably any character in this game that he wanted. And you can see how well he's been doing with Carla as well. Yep, always has been, uh, I believe, ER Masters. Carla was one of his most successful characters as well for Season 6. And even post the changes as well, I think he was kind of going back and forth between some builds here and there. But he's found one that he's really liked. Uh, kind of a hybrid of making sure you can deal the damage as well as sustaining yourself a little bit with the defensive stats here and there as too. He's uh, doing fine for himself. His stats on his games that he even doesn't win are pretty solid, but once again, it's those one mistakes. I've watched a lot of his vods of his on Carla. One mistake will cost you your life because of how um, close of a proximity you really have to play against a lot of characters. It's it's tough. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not good at Carla, so I can't really say much. <laughs> but yeah, next up we have Crossbow Nadine. So our two Crossbow characters are top five for, for win rates, actually. And if you didn't notice that, wonder if Crossbow is just going to get nerfed as a whole. But yeah, anyways, we've kind of touched on Nadine. Pro again, the last, I think, two podcast episodes, she's just... The buffs that she got during preseason were over the top, and they've been slowly nerfing her down to what she was before. But she's still doing quite well, and again, just a character that scales well into late game, and just yeah, and people's defense and HP being low it allows her to just nuke people. Yeah, and I think one other thing that really makes Crossbow Nadine really good right now universal removal of attack range except for certain weapons and i think sniper crossbow should be one of those weapons that helps that still have it which gives a very big advantage for the team players and even aside from that once again you know i'm looking at stats right now as well pretty much everybody here except for tom Yan has very low pick rates but very high win rates meaning that the players who are playing these characters and weapons oh my god yeah so yeah they're just really good <laughs> At these, yeah, these characters. Same with like, yeah, we have Rip Your Fiora next here. 
not a super popular character, but we're, we'll be mentioning Fiora a lot. We just see Rapier Fiora for the best win rate, but all of Fiora weapons are really good right now. Rapiers are just... Has, I think I have a few dedicated players that just play Rapiers, so... That's why I'd say that she probably has like a higher win rate compared to the other Fioras. Yeah, I I am surprised though, right? Because it's not the most uh, standard weapon that you see a lot of times nowadays on Fiora. And even if you do run Rapier, it's going to be Mistletine, I think. I see a lot of other weapons that are much more successful, which makes me... Is this supposed to be Spear? Or is uh, it... I, I was pretty sure it was Rapier when I checked. Alright. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go with your we'll go with your stats here. I I didn't do any research. <laughs> it just it's just mind boggling a little bit for me. It's it's a stat that I'm surprised about. For I said uh, I only use Musketeer Fiora skin when I'm talking about rapier because I don't like it on any other one. I'm like with Musketeer, you gotta be rapier. Like it's, that's that's it. You can't be spear Fiora on the skin. Come on. Bits. So, I wouldn't have used the the Musketeer skin if I wasn't talking about rapier. Yeah. Yeah, just Fiora. Um, I think Fiora got like a decent number of like buffs. And she did actually get Hotfix nerfed. The, the Hotfix was last name. Fiora was one of those characters. They got nerfed. It was just her movement speed went down by 0 0.05. So she went from 3.55 to 3.5 movement speed, which I believe is like the standard for like, faster range characters right now, because I remember they buffed all characters by 0 0.05. So. But yeah. Just, I think, just Rapier first, um, another burst character does well with, you know, late game transitions, so. And a good few pilots on her. But yeah, let's, again, we're gonna have Tom Yon, uh, what a surprise. He's a 16% win rate, and his just, he's just doing so well right now. You can see this build. This is the standard build they're running. You actually start Glove, and then you use the Glove that you start with to make Corrupting Touch. And you make Tompa on route. Very cool route that was found, and... And I guess also, the items that this has been using, High Priest Robe, which also got buffed last patched. They increased the defense on that item. I guess they considered High Priest Robe more of a defensive item. So... Yeah, and a lot of cooldown reduction. I've been talking to some of our Yam mains in North America recently as well. And they definitely like the cooldown reduction. I think another thing was just trying to balance everything in regards to having cooldown, being able to sustain long enough, having damage, and just barely enough attack speed to make sure that you can keep rotating through your auto attacks and getting your unyielding stacks too. And you can see here on the screen that they are running Feather Boots. That's the only thing that they are going to run. Even more sustainability through the Veritas Lux Mia. You can see the Buddha Samira in their inventory as well. All across the board, it just, it just screams KR. <laughs> this character with the weapon right now. So, oh my god. Yeah, it's just... I'm so... Honestly, I'm surprised Yon didn't get more nerfed in the hotfix. Like, the game was a little bit of a nerf, but I'm like... I don't know. I think he he's gonna need a bit more. <laughs> yeah, but now let's look at our normalized win rate. So you can see here, Yon's obviously gonna be at the top of this list, as we already know how much 
or how high his pick rate was with a 16% win rate, followed by Jenny with a 14.7% win rate, then a two-handed sword if you are out with a 12.7% win rate, then Laura with a 12.4, I might, I might have said, I don't know, I thought I said 12.4 for two-handed, 12.7, and then 11 with a 12.1% win rate. So we, we talked about Yana Pine, so we already talked about his win rate anyway, so we're going to move on to Jenny now. I haven't seen, I don't know, I haven't seen too much Jennies, but here we, we know that she has at least, like, a decent player base having at least a 1% pick rate, so I guess with her, it's mainly just, you have, what, just Molten Malachite and Vigor just be able to do so much damage for you, and it just would be, like, the auto attack is just stronger, right? So... Do you, do you have anything to add with Jenny? Oh. Well, I also think that amp builds nowadays are pretty strong, and with Nimble Neuron's intentions to start expanding the way in which you can start getting more transition items, Jenny requires, if you're going to be running amp, a ton of meteorites. I think that's one of the biggest things that kind of turn people off when it comes to playing that specific variant. But with the way that Nimble Neuron wants to start pushing the game towards making it so that a lot of people have more accessibility to transitions and making them a little bit more mm, standardized in regards to not having one specific item be as broken compared to the other ones, this number here is not surprising at all. Amp still does quite a lot of damage on Jenny as well, as long as you can rotate through your, your fourth extra shot as well as Devil's Marksman, which has been a very strong weapon nowadays as well for a lot of these amp pistol characters. So pretty good number. Uh, it's a bit scary to, when you look at it because so many of her build and gameplay styles are very viable in a sense as well. So <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to watch out for those. Yeah, definitely more build flexibility compared to a lot of the cast. And then here we have two-handed sword Fiora. Next, two-handed sword Fiora is definitely the the crit version, as you, you don't have that good amp scaling on two-handed sword. Your only transition would be all miss, which no one uses. So <laughs> I don't think I've seen that weapon used in a hot minute. But yeah, yeah, not on anybody, <laughs> specifically not on Fiora. <laughs> yeah, so but yeah, with two-handed sword Fiora's just always been kind of good. Definitely more of a late game scaling character as you have your basic attack amp on two handed sword being quite high. Like I remember what last season it was like five percent basic attack per level. I don't know if it's the same or if they've changed it since then. But it's definitely on the higher end compared to a lot of other weapons. And just being able to get transition items easier, I think it's definitely helped her as well. I looked at the builds they were running. They were actually running Two different builds. One is with Manahoshi Zhao, is the other one's with Tuan Tien. Very interesting that like both seem to be completely viable. Like I checked multiple different people and they've been doing fine on both builds. So yeah, one's more focused towards actually getting the damage out. The other is making sure that you can stay alive, rotate through your cooldowns because Tuan Tien just just doesn't only have the defense; it also has the cooldown reduction as well. And here is another perfect example of, I think, just a really well-rounded character overall. 
because Fiora is a character that, you know, just on paper looks very offensive. You're trying to knock down players as soon as possible, disrupt their movements while trying to just kill them as fast as possible with the two-handed sword. But then as soon as you introduce parry into the play, I think all of a sudden you really have a solid defensive option, which really, I think, rounds out two-handed sword Fiora as a very good balanced character. Like, if you kind of look at those hexagonal charts with the stats that a lot of games tend to have, it, it's like a perfect hexagon, if you want to think about it that way. She's not incredibly amazing at one thing. She's not incredibly terrible at one thing either. And the further and further the game goes, her stats just increase at a very uh, predictable rate. But at the same time, that predictability is also very good for the player that's also playing the character too. Yeah, for for sure. And also, I just remembered one thing. As I have been working on a new tier list for this season, and one of the things with Fiora that's good is that she runs Diamond Shard, which... Because of all the defense nerfs, Diamond Shard basically doubles your defense right now when it's on, so it gives her a lot of extra durability for that. I think it's like three seconds that it's activated for. So with Fiora, when you have like more of a burst combo with your ultimate and you like weave autos in between, it's really hard to kill her, and your only way to really survive is to make sure you dodge her. All three of her ultimate charge, or else you're going to get hit with the true damage on R3. Yeah, one of the things that I really struggle a lot with when facing up against Fiora sometimes is figuring out what weapon they're actually running because, you know, you're running Spear or Rapier, you're expecting a lot of damage to come out from her ultimate. But you go up against those occasional two-handed sword ones and you're like, hey, wait a minute, her ulti isn't the thing that's doing damage. Why are her autos hurting so much? You take a look at their build and it's like, Monohoshi's out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Levity, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, just... Yeah, it's just it's the autos, but the the CC is just what helps her keep you in auto range. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, next we have Laura. In I don't know, I know G Work and Revolu have been both playing Laura and doing really well on her. It's, I I think Laura has one of the best transition items in the game, Bloody Nine Tails, and with it being pretty easy to get transition items i'm not sure if she's running penny pincher or not but if so you can get that pretty you can get that almost guaranteed before wickaline spawns so if you have that i your odds of winning are quite high so and just i think her they've just they changed something with wasn't it like her passive as well and i think also the, the post cast delays definitely helped her too yeah, we talked about her last week, I think, too. Um, has seen a resurgence of play ever since her kid in general was bug-fixed. And I think she's been a very favorite character for a lot of people who do decide to play her. And those people, they'll take breaks when the character is unplayable due to game-breaking bugs that we saw recently. But when she's playable, oh my god, they will instantly jump back on her and do some incredible things on that character. And of course, some of the roster of the characters that are playing that character as well, as you mentioned just now. You, know, you have like G-Work, you have, uh, who was the other one again that you mentioned? Revolu. Revolu, yeah, those, they're just all mechanically skilled players all across the board. So it's just terrifying to see Laura on the resurgence again. You talked about transitions as well, Bloody Ninetales, still very overstanded, just tough to get, of course, because it is gated by the VF blood sample, but that's going to be a lot more readily available soon as well. So 
unless they nerf Laura, I'm going to actually kind of anticipate this number to slightly go up. I don't think her pick grade is going to be absurd, like on the 4 to 5% scales, because she is a tough character to play. But the people who do play her will make this character work. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I do agree. And I think she's probably better at lower ping as well. Mm -hmm. uh, able to just yeah, weave your auto attacks a lot better. And then our last uh, high win rate character is Eleven. I think Eleven just just kind of does the same thing that she always does. I think we also mentioned her last week as well. Just a a character that bursts with her taunt, and if you get taunted, you're just kind of dead. Like not really much to come back from at that point. You, you just gotta make sure you don't get taunted. Yeah, transitions on her are also very good still. So, yeah, I think we talked about her last week as well. It's actually kind of fun kind of seeing some of these characters that we talked about before kind of making a resurgence here again, because even with these small changes, you know, it's small changes for a reason, right? Of course, uh, we had a big patch of 0 0.67, but the problem with 11 isn't that she has too much damage. It's just the fact that she gets the resources to do the damage, whereas a lot of characters that might struggle a little bit kind of lack those resources, whereas Eleven has a very easy access to getting that damage out. So uh, her numbers being 12.1, Rabbit House rejoice again, because your character is still pretty strong here. Eleven's still doing all right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now let's move on to our average kills. So here is our actual high kills we have adina with a 1.77 win rate or win rate sorry <laughs> average kills uh, kiara with 1.65 rapier fiora with 1.64 spear fiora with 1.63 and carla with 1.61 so we kind of talked about all these characters except for kiara so i think kiara is just one of those characters that i don't know they, they keep buffing Kiara, and just for me, I was like, I don't think she was that bad. I know people have been playing her amp right now. I, I, I like, I'm used to playing crit Kiara, so amp's definitely not a familiar playstyle for me. But she's, I guess the buffs were enough because she's able to kill a bunch of people, so. Yeah, I remember seeing in feedbacks where fighting against Kiara is not exactly fun for a lot of people early game, and that's where the exact problem is, right? Because we don't see Kiara winning games a lot. Her average kills comes from the fact that she is able to burst people down in the first five to maybe eight minutes of the game, and she can do that very consistently because of the sheer numbers that she has right now, as well as the sheer amount of scaling that she has just like in her damage numbers for her... When I say scaling, not like throughout the game, but the damage uh, ratios, maybe? I, maybe I said scaling wrong. Uh, damage ratios for her skills as well. And that just got buffed this patch as well. 0.67 did raise the numbers on Kiara. I did say last week that it was probably going to happen. Um, I talked about how Kiara is very good at assassinating people early, but she's so tough to scale into the late game because everybody else by that point has those transition items as well. You can't exactly one-rotate those characters during the duration of Plague either. And this patch tried to fix it, didn't really raise her win rate, just made her a lot more hellish to fight in the early stages of the game. I don't know if that was a good idea, but of course, Kiara players are being happy a little bit here. 1.65 kills 
on average, that's crazy for an assassin type of character like Kiara. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Just don't. I don't know. I guess if she's playing more amp, like she sh should have access to those more like transition items, you know. But what for her is it just like what her weapon scaling is really bad. Like, like I know that they're saying like attack speed scaling is bad. But if you're playing amp, I guess you, you, I don't know if you really need to rely on the attack speed as much as you just mainly want people in your ultimate, right? Yep, and just rotating through your skills, which is also benefited by the fact that you actually have transitions now that really works in Kiara's favor. It's why I've seen a Sultan's a Turban, sorry, a Turban being overbuilt on this character because you get cooldown reduction, movement speed, which is super good on Kiara, of course. Then that's an actual transition item that gives you beneficial stats and uh, even more on top of it as well. So Kiara is living happy if you're going to be playing her in the intended way that you should be playing her during 0.67 and the way that Nibble Neuron is trying to push her in the direction of. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, for me, I'm going to miss Crick here, but maybe it was for the better. I don't know. <laughs> She's fun. <laughs> for the first, uh, fine with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well... I guess I'll, I'll briefly mention Spear Fiora, actually. I mean, we've talked about Fiora so much, but Spear is pretty similar to Hinnasaur. They both build auto attack style. It's just Spear... The thing with Spear is that what Cosmic Biden changed to an amp weapon, so that was the main transition item for Spear Fiora last season. I think now... I know they were complaining about... I think we talked about it last week as well with Gentian... Silver Gun not being that much of an upgrade compared to like, a lot of other transition items. I think we were talking about that. Yeah, Cosmic Biden, I think it was, that we mentioned. Yeah, so... Like, I don't know, for them, I guess what they... I've been seeing them use Blazing Lance lately instead, which I guess has it's been true. working out for them as they're, they're killing a bunch of people, so... Yeah, you're right. Now that I uh, think about it, I've been seeing more crit on Spear recently, more so than Amp, and it does hurt quite a lot. And Shadow Stab, always very good if you want to be proccing Diamond Shard, which of course is <laughs> yet another utility that you can to use to interrupt people, which Fiora is already inherently good at with her ultimate. You have more on top of it, too. Yeah, sure. And then let's just look at our normalized kills, average kills. So we have Nathapon with a 1.6 average kills, followed by Adriana with 1.57, then Tonfa Yon with 1.49, and Piolo with 1.47, and Hammer Magnus with 1.36. A lot of these characters we actually haven't seen before, uh, like during this episode, other than, of course, Yon. So, <laughs> which uh, I said is not going to be a surprise at all. But yeah, with Nathapon, I thought Nathapon was quite strong last, like pre patch. And I don't think too much was changed about him, so he just has a lot of ways to burst you, right? And then his transition times are quite good. He, he has the ultraviolet, he has just the amp transition items in general, which are already overtuned, even as like the devs have said. So just uh the thing with Nathan Bond though is the reason why he's not on like the wins list is that there's just better characters that can win for him. Like, sure, he can, like, kill people in the... I think more in, like, the early game. 
but he often just gets his, like run down by like Tonfayon, right? <laughs> like there's nothing he can really do in Sayon at all, and he just will die. So a lot of the the high tier characters he just lose to. So as a result, he might get like a few kills, but not win the game. Yeah, and in general, I think one of the biggest nerfs to Nathapon recently for when we're talking about the win numbers is getting rid of Cannon Camera as a default weapon and changing it up into a transition weapon really hurts, I think, the sustainability of Nathapon, which he actually really likes to go into late game. I think a lot of Nathapon players were actually sometimes opting to go for the Cannon Camera instead of the Ultraviolet if they're kind of left with an option of not being able to upgrade into it. And the sole reason was to just keep themselves a little bit more sustainable, make sure that they don't get one shot as more often than not because of the base health stat that you're getting out of it. And with the low defense numbers, everyone's always talking about how it's just better to have base HP, but then they remove that option from Nathapon. Doesn't mean his damage is any weaker, of course, because everything else is still the exact same when it comes down to Nathapon, if not better maybe over the past couple of days because of the transitions once again. But his sustainability for the late game is, is struggling a lot, and that's the reason probably why his um, win rate numbers aren't as high as you would expect, considering his average kills for the normalized numbers are not that bad. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And I don't know, I, honestly for me, I, I'm surprised they're running cannon camera. I feel like I really didn't see much cannon camera until it got changed and then everyone started complaining about the change. <laughs> Probably a Martina favorite change for that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. They changed it because it's Martina, but Martina doesn't even use it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the funny thing. That she doesn't want it. Yeah. And now with Adriana, I don't know. I've always said Adriana is like a kills focused character. They have changed how her kit works. Like she was an AP stacker, then they changed her to like skill amp, and that's what she currently is still. But I don't know. For me, I always think her kit is very kills focused, not really wins focused. And it's not surprising to me that she's high on the average kills. Yep. And you can see like her flamethrower just chunks. And then Piolo. Piolo's I'm honestly surprised Piolo's up here. I've been hearing that I don't know the rumors of Piolo being really bad right now, so I'm Ooh. a little surprised to see him. <laughs> Okay, I actually have a little bit of input on this one. Right now, I think Piolo for the past couple of patches has been slowly building up to this moment, right? I always bring this topic up with a lot of other Bruiser characters. I'm talking about it a lot with Marcus nowadays, but Piolo's camel's back has been broken, in my opinion, with the introduction of 0.67, because now he's in a position where you run a default build, and then the moment you pick up Iron Maiden, which he is really good at, because his base numbers right now are actually really, really solid, you pick up Iron Maidens and it's almost impossible to fight him unless you feel like you're relatively ahead of this character. Very good at continuing fights, very good at keeping himself mobile throughout the fight as well, making it difficult for people to really land a lot of good in priority skills on him as well. On top of the fact that he has unstoppable and just continuous damage output with really good skill rotations as well, this character is really, really solid. His damage might look low, from uh, just like on paper, but the moment you start stacking a little bit of that armor penetration with Iron Maidens, man, this character will chunk you, and you have no space to breathe because of his cooldown rotations. Yeah, I think also this patch, like they, they added armor pen to Sheetha Shah Jahan, mm -hmm. 
And I think just some of the transition items like Racing Helmet I've seen being used on him quite a bit as well. Just because it has like the attack speed and so it helps him kind of combo better with his like crit ultimate passive. Or I don't know, I guess it's part of his ultimate early passive. So yeah, it just makes sense. And I think they've been, what haven't they, they've been slowly buffing him over time as well. Yeah, only buffs for the past few patches, man. Chaos Loser have been, has been going ham on this character nowadays. <laughs> uh, I honestly, I really like PLO, so maybe I'll, I'll give him a try again, because yeah. I stopped playing him after he got the pretty much killed with the amp changes. So. Yeah, and then we have Hammer Magnus. I think just Hammer Magnus is a similar topic with PLOs, but with Hammer in general, they have... Armor Pit added to Hammer Skill, and Magnus is just kind of known for bursting you, especially on the camera, where it's more of an ant playstyle compared to bat. So you just get hit with a Hammer Skill, get your uh, defense shredded into like Magnus W bike, and you're just kind of dead. <laughs> yeah, it's the same old story being read over and over again. This guy is uh, pretty tough. And, you know, now that we are on the uh, at the end of this list here, they're all AMP. And if uh, AMP characters mm -hmm. are dominating, it's kind of a given that Magnus will also be doing really good as well. I've seen a lot of people running AMP drone on this character again after looking at the leaderboards, after looking at the stats here. He hurts. He hurts survivability, a bonus with tough body passive, his damage guaranteed. You have armor piercing on his weapon, uh, weapon skill as well. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just yeah, they they are all amp. I was thinking about it. The only amp or non amp characters we ha have seen have been Nadine and Fiora, right? Like, yeah. And I, again, I think it's just with the amp transitions being strong right now, and I mean they probably just need to tone down like, um, I don't know, just like the amp scaling of all the characters by a little bit, not by a lot. Yeah, and then last for our best stats, we're going to look at average rank. So we're going to do our actual average rank. So this is Axe Jackie with a 6.0 average rank, followed by... Oh, I put Spear Fjord twice. I think one's supposed to be two-handed sword. <laughs> I just realized. Um, so yeah, we have 6.2 for... I'm gonna say that's supposed to be two handed sword. Uh, I may be mixing it up. I know it's two handed, not rapier. Then 6.3 for spear, Fiora, then Alex with 6.4, and Bowie with 6.6. Now, I think we've honestly kind of put touch point with all these characters last yep. episode. <laughs> He's. Yeah, um, for Johan's not here because he's literally has no pick rate. He's, no one's playing him. <laughs> <laughs> he has a zero percent pick rate, so he's not up here. <laughs> yeah, no one's really kind of, especially with the escape mechanism being very controversial nowadays. Not a lot of people are opting to play Johan, and the nerf to smart bombs finally came through. It is an epic item now. The damage, I believe, was also nerfed, which. Kind of creates a big opening. I no, think, the main thing with, with smart bombs was not the damage nerf. It was how long it takes to detonate. It used yes. to take like 0.75 to detonate. Now it's like 1.5. So yep. 
You're, you're able to just pretty much escape smart bombs now, unless you get CC'd in, which Yo-Yo-Han really only has one form of CC. So. But yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll just summarize with these characters overall, since we've co covered them in previous episodes, if you want to go more in-depth on why. But these characters just have kits that allow them to escape from bad situations. And I guess with Nadine specifically here, she's more passive compared to a lot of these other characters and doesn't go into like two objectives where people are probably fighting for the objective and she's just kind of farming on the side so uh, yeah this is why these characters are like really good average rank yep uh basically everything that we talked last week just factors still in here um you know some people in the chat are talking about how alex's numbers aren't any higher he's still a tough character to play, right? And uh, it's just his pick rate isn't going to be absurd because of how difficult he is. He just has the tools to stay alive, and that's what people are most reliant on. Of course, you know, I say Alex is difficult, but when it comes to staying alive, you just press E, tw e two times and weapon change a little bit here and there. So staying alive on that character is not difficult per se, but of course there's a, there's a limit, right? Um, there's a limit to how far that can really get you. When it comes to Eternal Return and for KR, where it's not uh, too uncommon to start seeing like five, six people in final zones continuously, you have to do something as an Alex where you're very much gated by the EMP barrage cooldown. That, you know, number wise, you might think, according to your personal uh, experiences as well, you might think that Alex is a lot higher, but again, there's a limit to what Alex can do too. Yeah, I'm just pretty much. Exactly what you said. <laughs> so, and yeah, we'll look at our normalized average rank. So these characters have at least a one percent pick rate. So we have Gina Sword Fiora six point three average rank, followed by Alex with a six point four average rank, then eleven with six point nine, Estelle with a seven point one, and Elena with a seven point two average rank. So again. These are, you can just say the same thing, right? Characters that have good kits to escape with high mobility or are just kind of like overall bulky, like Eleven and Estelle, can just get out of situations that are bad for them. So, yeah, that's just why they're uh, generally have an above average rank. Mm -hmm. You're right. Nothing else to say. They're all fighters that have good in and outs, uh, very slippery or very tanky, as you mentioned. Alina is, I think, uh, one of those that falls into the very slippery section because if you're in any trouble, you just put down Don's Macabre, goodbye, you're out. So, <laughs> yeah, these just, yeah, the, yeah, I'm, I'm not as fancy with knowing all the skill names, but it's just the, the, the EWW and you're just gone. So, yeah, see ya. <laughs> and then, I mean, Estelle, this is solo. So, I was like, Estelle in team modes, we could just be like, oh, I'm just going to teleport to my team across the map. Bye bye. <laughs> but she can't do that in this mode. So, she's just knockups either. <laughs> yeah. So she's just she's just bulky. That's all. Yeah, and then now we're gonna go to our kind of lower tier characters. This patch. So we have. We'll start off with pick rate as normal. So for our low pick rate. So this is our, the actual pick rate. We have Johan with a zero percent pick rate. We have Priya with a zero point one percent pick rate. Or sorry, this is not actually low actual. These are low overall. 
I, I didn't include weapon. We'll go over the actual afterwards, sorry. Yeah, then Adela. Adela with a 0.3% pick rate. Marcus, 0.4. And Martina, 0.5. So, yeah, we've, okay, we've talked about Johan Priya like every episode, so <laughs> you know why. He's just support characters. That's why they're, they're low. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, let's look at Adela, though. Adela's dropped super hard. Like, I know they nerfed her Night Fork. And her, I know some. I know Adela's skills by heart, but hey. <laughs> I don't even play Adela, but I know her skills. But yeah, so I, her Night Fork got nerfed. Like, I don't know, was it last patch or like two patches ago? And then they like I think slightly buffed it. But she's definitely fallen off quite hard this season. Like Adela's been pretty good overall, like the last few seasons. But with the amp changes and definitely. How they reworked Adela as well. Like instead of having was it AP scaling and she has like amp scaling now, I believe. Right. Like, do you remember yep. what they changed? I think that was it. Yeah, I believe in general, just the ratios as well. Uh, even aside from what is it like, just getting stats overall, her ratios have been cut massively. I think one of the biggest problems back then was the fact that Chang Pao gave her uh, somewhere like a net gain of 60-70 attack power because of her passive too. Yeah. yeah, they killed that quite heavily, and it's still bleeding into this day. Although she did get a little bit of love, I think, with the most recent patch uh, here for 0.67 and even some of the hotfixes where she did get a little bit of amplification. Going back into her kit for her weapon mastery, I don't know if that's going to be enough, but of course, you know, I'm going to be talking about ER Masters here again. Adela has always been one of those characters that will still have a possibility to outplay a fight as long as they play well. And a lot of people who do decide to end up playing this character in competitive scenes, they know what they're doing. They have seen their fair share of matchups. They know how to play. Their character in general is very good at almost any kind of matchup because she is so universal when it comes to her fighting range and all that stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if I see a couple of Adelas in ER Masters. I'm just scared as to whether or not their damage will be enough. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be, I don't know. For me, I'd be really surprised if we see Adela. Like, we know for ER Masters last time, our well known Adela player was G Work, but G Work's moved on to Laura at this point. So I'd, I'd be very surprised if he pulls out Adela for this one. Yeah. yeah. And then we have Marcus down here. Marcus just... He did get like a, a big buff, I believe, when they changed how his E worked. Being a short cooldown, and I believe they nerfed him after that. Maybe he's just not been good overall. I know they buffed some of the axes in the hotfix. I saw that. I think like Parachute got buffed, and I think maybe like Axe of Angu. I don't know. I know some of the the axes got buffed as well. I think that was for Marcus more specifically than Jackie and Estella. I know they definitely didn't touch Juggernaut, so. Uh, they did touch Juggernaut. They reduced, uh, they nerfed, they nerfed okay. the figure. Okay, they nerfed it. Okay, I mean, they didn't buff it. They, they buffed a bunch of the axes, sure. but they sure. didn't buff Juggernaut. I'd be like, if they buffed Juggernaut, I'd kind of lose it. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know, for, for Marcus, he just doesn't have the damage right now. He's just kind of 
been on that border for having enough damage and sustain, but it's just not it right now for him. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just move on to Martina here. We talked about Martina last week as well. Just people haven't been really playing Martina. I know there's one, mainly just the one person playing Martina in high elo. It seems to have like some success, but not like a lot. Like a game here and there winning. So it's not like it's impossible to, to win with Martina. It's just definitely difficult. Mm-hmm. Still, new character. Uh, her gameplay style is not traditional for Eternal Return. I still haven't really talked about her on stream like I said I was going to do last week, but someday. <laughs> Maybe I'll draw diagrams and stuff like I uh, said I would. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, you said you were going to talk about Martina afterwards because you said that you had like a lot of thoughts on Martina. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I just, I don't know. I always find the few games I've played on Martina, what I've just seen is that you really need to get late game. you got to get your 10 broadcast stacks, and the odds of you getting your stacks against good players are... I, know, gen- I feel like generally low, because you have to have like two of them around, except for the corpses, obviously. But Yeah. I've there, There's been one person who's been able to get their work somewhat, so it's not impossible, but definitely on the... Not as interesting, I guess, and more difficult end. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to try uh, kind of making your duos partner match, you've seen some success in duos. If you want to be a <laughs> team that just doesn't do anything until 10, 15 minutes of the game, sure, go for yeah, it. Just, just, just be the, the Nadine. Yeah. <laughs> Martina squad, just, just AFK until late yeah. game. But yeah. And let's look at our actual low pick rates. So these are all weapon types. Just I generally exclude the different weapon types because... 90% of the time, it's because the other weapon type's better. That's why it's not being run. So, I started to cut away from the fight. But... Then there, we have... You still have Johan at a 0% pick rate. Then followed by Dagger Shukai with also a 0% pick rate. Then Shirk and Emma with 0.1. Priya with 0.1. And Throw Sahir with 0.1. So... With Dagger, Dagger was play- being played a bunch. I think we talked about that last time. But they ended up buffing Spear, amp scaling, and everyone went back to Spear. So, <laughs> rip, rip Dagger. It had a, a weak period to shine. Or two week period. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, we're done with Dagger. <laughs> then, and so, the yeah. balls are pretty huge too. I think it was like, a whole percent and even more. Yeah, it was one point two percent per level. That's insane. And and mind you as well, another change that people may have just kind of bypassed because there's a lot of words in it, but they changed one of the scalings for Juggernaut Chef is passive. Yes, they I went saw that. From attack, yeah, attack power ten to max HP hundred. Now that is really big. Yeah. yeah. And now that is really huge because Shukai, every single one of Shukai's skills has max HP percent scaling. Yes. So considering the fact that his attack power ratios in general on all of his skills were already bad to begin with, that's a buff. That is a very big buff. It makes him even tankier too on top of it. So 
now that he's going back to spear, he has these double buffs coming through, and I don't think... I'm going to be just straightforward here. I don't think Nimble Neuron really thought through about some of these changes that they did for Spear Shukai, because he is going to be a menace, I think, in the next couple of weeks here, until they um, look at the stats and say, oh yeah, Shukai is quite problematic again. Yeah, I, I don't know. I know that Shukai's definitely not on the popular end, just because of his gameplay, like the style that you play him as. But yeah, we'll have to see how he is in the next week or two. And then we have Shuriken Emma. So yeah, Shuriken Emma is actually down here because Arcana or Arcana Emma was introduced and all the Emma players have changed weapons. <laughs> they they actually like the CDR scaling on it, which Emma loves CDR as you're probably aware. There's just she wants to spam as many abilities as possible and having built in CDR is quite nice. And her the weapon that she has Empress as well is quite good on her. Oh yeah. Yep, and Hex was nerfed this patch too, so uh, people are swapping out the... So basically you're running Hex for the extra damage if you're running Shuriken. You're running Arcana if you want the slow from Lich's Grasp. Um, they kind of like split up the uten the utilities coming out from the two weapons here. And of course the slow from Lich's Grasp way bigger than what Hex used to offer you. And I mentioned this last week as well, one of the biggest reasons as to why Emma in general is just really good. She has so much utility to keep people guessing as to what she's going to do next. But just grasp adds on top of it. Yeah, for sure. And just, yeah, is it 20% slow on Liches versus the 10% from, but not anymore. They've removed the slow off effects. Yeah. It used to be 10%. Yeah, the all uh, Arcana or Arcana Emma has been doing quite well. So it's, yeah. There, everyone just dumpsters. <laughs> Shuriken <It hurts>. Emma. <laughs> yeah, even if it's not the weapon skill, like with, with Shuriken, you have Caltrops, but no one really yeah. thinks of damage for Arcana skill. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll have Throsa here, here, and just. We have Shurikens here. There's really no reason to play Throw right now. It's it's kind of always been that way for Sahir, so. Kind of the same old, same old. Yeah, he still used to have those days when it was Ruthenia Marble, but that was like seasons one and two. Uh, hasn't really ever come back. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I don't know, those were the good old days, but <laughs> those were definitely the days where you saw Throsa here. So yeah, now let's move on to our win rate. So here's our actual lowest win rate character. So we have Okay, I also excluded people who had zero pick rate because obviously they're going to have a no win rate because no one's picking them. So we have Dagger Jackie with no win rate. So the person who's playing here hasn't won yet. We have Pistol Isol with a 1.5% win rate. Dual Sword Yuki with 2.2% win rate. Bat Magnus with 2.4% win rate. And Nunchaku Lead Island with 3% win rate. So the common trend with all these characters is that these are like different weapons, right? Like they're the subpar weapon for the meta right now. Like people for Jackie, honestly, they can play anything but dagger, really. I, I say probably axe and two handed sword are the better versions, but yeah, you can even just make work with dual sword as well. AR Isol definitely way better than pistol Isol, and two H Yuki right now is actually quite good. 
that hammer magnus we already talked about earlier and we have glove lead island being better than ninchaku at this time so that's why their win rate is quite low just not as good as their better weapon types yeah, and I think a lot of um, these characters here in general are ones that Nimble and Ruron want to try making good in one way or another. Like, uh, I think last week we talked about Pistol Isol getting buffs on a lot of his skill scalings in favor for Pistol. But of course, again, uh, KR is not going to be playing this, of course, since Assault Rifle Isol is just way better when it comes to comparison still. Um, they still can't buff. Pistol Isol way too much. We've seen the problems of that. Rebel Assault literally chunking people down to like a quarter health from 100% for some reason out of nowhere. Um, we've had the PTSD, if you guys remember the gifts that were kind of floating around at the beginning of Preseason 7 where you just accidentally step onto an MLK and lose 70% of your health out of nowhere. <laughs> um, I don't I was, remember uh, that. That was yeah. their decision <laughs> to add amp scaling to a true damage skill was questionable. <laughs> It was a, it was a good morning to wake up to. I will say that, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure no one wants to really deal with it. And as for Nunchaku Dialin, of course, you know I, I'm gonna have a few opinions on this one. But just to sum it up, I think a lot of the changes recently made to Nunchaku were more more favored to making Piolo a viable character, and they're trying to put Nunchaku Dialin as an auto attacking character, but. Cerberus in it of its own right still is uh is meh in my opinion. The it it, it gets some buffs recently. I think it just got heal cut back on itself as well. But Hydra is still the one you want to go. But the recent buffs to Nunchaku Dial In to make her auto attacks more viable doesn't really do that now, does it? Yeah, it's just Glove always has better like basic attack scaling anyway compared to Nunchuck. So like the benefit of Nunchuck before is that you could. Do a lot of damage with your spells because you get good amp scaling, but the way that amp's been changed and how, yeah, just how amp's been changed in general, it doesn't work like that anymore. Like, you have to build amp in order to utilize it. And so, with Dylan or like Nunchuck, you would mainly go like with blue three and just do like crit focus and then rely on your scaling to do a bunch of damage on your spells, but you can't do that anymore. Yep, you have to snowball on on nunchaku island whereas for glove you don't really have to i think uh, a lot of the recent changes made it so that it's very difficult for nunchaku island to scale and for glove of course the gameplay style has always been pretty easy because you're very much more focused on dealing auto attack damage more so than prioritizing on making sure that your cooldowns are up and trying to burst somebody down in one rotation even though ttk timer is still relatively low uh, I think she's been changed a little bit too much directly or indirectly for her to be as successful. And a lot of the um, the Nunchaku mains that you're, you'd be familiar with, like uh, Serkia on Twitch or even like Nero, they've been looking a lot more into going glove instead just because it's it's better. You can't really downplay that at all anymore. Yeah. I, I, I was, again, I've been working on like a tier list for her people for you too and i was looking at dial in and really in high elo only nero played nunchuck lately I, I don't know if he was like testing something or what but no one else has touched nunchuck in high elo kr yeah i've seen him uh attempting to go back on the glove i think he found a build that circia was running and uh, it's looking quite doomed now <laughs> uh, it feels bad but yeah let's 
now look at our normalized win rate. So these are people with at least a 1% rate. So we have Shoichi with a 4% win rate, followed by Kathy with a 4.7, Beloved Island with 5.1, Shuriken Hygien with 5.1, and Luke with 5.5. So for me, I honestly, other than Kathy, all these characters have like a pretty high pick rate overall right now. So it, I think it's more so just a lot of people are playing the character, not that the character is necessarily like really bad. Yeah, and there are characters that really rely on. Wait, wait these are these are low win rates, right? If I remember. Yes, that these are the yeah are normalized low ones. Um, especially when you talk about Hyejin, Kathy, as well as Shuichi, very reliant on their ultimates for every single one of them. Dylan for Glove has slowly been rising up. They've been getting buffs here and there, so her having low numbers is probably just the fact that it's kind of like scaling up to this point, so it'll get better over the course of time. And for Luke, we saw his uh, pick rate earlier. That's definitely going to affect a character that hasn't really been in regards to stats pretty solid for a while. People are starting to pick him back up again. They're just playing him because he feels good right now, and just because a character feels good doesn't mean everyone's going to be actually good at the character so these numbers not too surprising on top of it for kathy as well emergency surgery got a huge hit to the overall damage as well because this character has been dominating kr for quite a while now so numbers not surprising at all for the most of it there's a valid explanation as to why some of these are as they are so uh yeah solid for me yeah i did definitely notice the kathy hers because they were huge they really want her to stop playing as like an auto attacker, you know, built with the Viral Blade and Chang Pao build and focus on amp. So they nerfed all her AP scaling and buffed her amp scaling. Because like, they they just want her to be an amp character. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's not looking too hot right now, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, and then let's look at our average kills. So we have the low actual kill, so these are the lowest five characters right now. It's Pistol Isol with 0.51 average kills, followed by Martino 0.6, then Two Hand Sword Jackie 0.72, then Hart was 0.74, and Chloe was 0.74. So most of these characters, well, we've already talked about Isol and Martina. Two Hand Sword Jackie being low, I'm don't remember them nerfing specifically about two-handed sword i know axe got buffed and i i saw that a lot of the jackie mains just switched weapons now maybe that's part of it for her jackie maybe i i don't know it's super tanky <laughs> late game scaling you just don't really kill people yeah so and then heart i know people were mad about heart getting buffs in the the hot fix. I saw a bunch of comments being like, "Oh, why is Heart being buffed?" And I'm like, "If you saw her, her numbers, you know she's like pissed right now." So yeah, it's actually really funny because I posted a very generic tweet. I don't know if you saw it, but um, posted a screenshot of her hot fix uh this morning, and instantly I got like three people that DM me saying, "Uh, that screenshot it literally the Dax uh the DAC stats for Heart." I was like, "Oh, oh." oh. Yeah, so it's just, Heart got a few, well, got nerfed back to back 
in the last like even like in hotfix nerfed as well i i definitely did feel at least hard with cobalt which i know is a different mode um even like with her damage reduced there though like she was doing quite well and i did think it was like deserved the nerfs even though i like i wasn't really seeing any stats like complete outliers with her but i guess they over nerfed her and now she's not really doing what she's supposed to do which is what well, is more of just like a burst with charm into just autoing you for a lot of damage i know it got nerfed as a whole and that definitely would have impacted her as well still feels very smooth to play so overall in regards to her playstyle, i think uh Nimunran did a really good job but her numbers definitely um show that she is struggling right now and the fact of the matter is if you start factoring in other players that have been very religious players of heart playing other characters yeah you can maybe see why heart's numbers are struggling a little bit so i think the recent buffs are probably just to kind of make it so that the people who are starting to play uh heart now are having a little bit of an easier time not to bring people back to playing heart. Yeah, um, I don't feel we've been cleaning about heart since the dawn of time. I'm a an avid heart hater just because I play Lennox mainly, right? The heart is like <laughs> is a direct counter to Lennox. You can't do anything. Yeah. It's like, oh I I whip skill into all oh I'll just start dancing and waste your your bleed. And it's like okay, well I guess I'm just dead now, so yeah. But I, I understand that she's definitely on the weaker end and probably needs to go with like an in-between between the buffs and nurse they gave her. I, I don't want her to go back to how she was, to be honest. But I, I do think she needs a slight, slight tune-up. Don't just like remove like half or even a quarter of what you took from her, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And then we have Chloe. Now, Chloe, for me, it's... Kind of surprising to be here because I thought with Suter Sauna being added, she'd be like absolutely broken. But oh uh, no, I don't know. She's she's just not killing anyone. Yeah, I don't know about this either. It's actually really surprising. I guess uh, tacked that in as a second stat that I'm very surprised about here, and it's really interesting because we're actually going to be seeing uh, Penna. Actually, I think the number one KR Chloe player participating in ERM. Once again, the qualifiers tonight, but if they do make it into the group stages, I, I'm really going to be paying attention to how Penna actually decides to play this character out because I, I'm kind of thinking that this is an indirect um, kind of shift into focusing a lot more characters that are based on doing amplification damage from afar, which Chloe does tend to deal with. It's one of the toughest things that Chloe's have to deal with a lot of times where people are either going to be poking you or Nina out from afar. You don't really have an answer to it unless you run directly at them, which of course is the most favorable range in which those amplification characters want to play. She should hypothetically be good. You're right. The Sudasana changes should make her pretty solid, but uh, I guess not. I'll have to see how she ends up playing it out in ERM, of course, but Right now, it's a little bit confusing for me as well. Yeah, I think... I'm just thinking of, like, top characters right now. We have Yon, who I think can deal with Chloe quite fine, just because he has so much AoE dam damage, and Nadine as well being quite good with her Q. But she's mainly being played as, like, an auto-attacker right now, so... At least crossbow, anyway. 
But yeah, I guess it's just potentially just the matchups. I think Dina, if she can keep her spacing properly, like she can deal, uh, just like poke out Nina before getting to Chloe. So. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I'm just we'll probably just keep an eye on Chloe because I said I'm already surprised that she's not doing too hot right now. <laughs> so yeah, let's look at. Oh, pick rate. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did our all pick. Oh, this is average. Okay, average kills normalized now. God, move size on my side. Yeah, we have these are people of at least 1% pick rate. So we have Glove Hyunwoo of 0.81, followed by Shuriken Hedgen with 0.9, Kathy 0.9, Aiden 0.95, and Shoichi 0.95. So, yeah, we, we covered. Hedgen, Kathy, Shoichi already. So if Yunwoo, it's uh, I think it's mainly just Tafa is the more preferred play style. But for I don't know, every glove Yunwoo I've seen has just nuked me in like three auto attacks with crit. So kind of surprised he's on yep. a bit of the lower end of kills to be honest. Yeah, I think this is the transitional phase for Glove right now. Until now, they've still been running that tanky Brazil Gauntlet build where they want to scale a little bit more towards um, going to the end game. But nowadays, um, exactly as you mentioned, Nico, we've seen a lot more Hyunwoo's building crit where they're going to go stuff like the White Claw Punch into a little bit more of the early game scaling aspect of this character. And those characters get kills. Those playstyles get kills very early. And that's compounded on the fact that their defense shred on first attack was actually nerfed, which uh, makes this whole uh, resurgence of the crit meta for Glove Hyunwoo really awkward in its timing. But it works. It's the uh, It does a lot of damage. You hit weapon level 7 extremely early because of how safe but it reliable your early initiations are. And then the moment you get that uppercut, like you win almost any exchange the moment you knock somebody into a wall because you can just back off right away afterwards and what's the answer to it? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I, I've just been dying to the crit Hyunwoo too often to count at this point. <laughs> even on, like, even me playing Lennox, like, who's not the traditional squishy character, I'm still melting. It's almost surprising how, how fast you get obliterated. Yeah, so. And then Eden. Oh, Eden's. I don't think with Aiden got changed. I, know, I think he got a bit of a nerf actually in the yep. huge oh, nerfs actually. Oh, huge! Yeah, with yeah. His, I think it was his basic attack scaling went down. Um, it was actually I believe two things. One was I believe his Q damage actually got nerfed, but the other very important part that Aiden players are super confused as to why this is happening is the critical damage. Bonus that you, uh, what, what is it? The critical damage bonus that you got, I think, or something uh, like that. It was something with his yeah, passive auto yeah. got reduced. Yeah. And that hurt Aiden a lot when it comes to his kill potential because he needs that damage on his Ampere pistol. If he doesn't have it, his damage and his kill, uh, his kill potential just drops massively. That it's not even funny how Aiden obsessively relies on getting to that Ampere pistol form. But they just nerfed it pretty hard for both the, of course, once again, the Q damage as well as the Ampere pistol in general. So that character, 
lot of people are very sad. <laughs> yeah, I know he is definitely one of the more popular characters in KR last season. <laughs> and, and then he got like nerfed a bunch and then he kind of like slowly dropped and then I think he got picked up more because he got a bunch of buffs during preseason. Then they've kind of been slowly turning, tuning him down since the uh, preseason. Yeah, now let's go over our average rank. So we have this is our low actual average rank. So our yeah, this is here we go. Our high. <laughs> High average rank, so it's Celine with a 10.6 right now, followed by Pistol Isol with 9.7, Marcus with 9.6, Sniper Aya with 9.5, and Vesela with 9.1. Mainly just the samurai with these, with these characters, other than even, I guess, excluding Marcus, really. It's just these are squishy characters that are generally uh, like early game fighters. I'm not too sure exactly what Isil's been doing. I saw he was doing some crit, some amp, but with like Sniper Aya and Sicella, they're generally fighting for those early objectives. I know there's a build that goes for Sentry for Sniper Aya. I don't know if that's the meta build for her right now since Hotel Tree was removed, which was her old tree friend <laughs> last season. But with Sicella, definitely going for Cemetery Tree and yeah, just. Generally, being like swishy characters, they're just dying early, and this also. Yeah, and for Celine, hard character. If uh, you're playing Celine, if you've ever played Celine, you will know how difficult it is to pilot this character. One mistake, and you're dead. It's very similar to Carla, but even worse because you can unintentionally kind of uh, screw yourself over by accidentally using a really bad, uh, really bad E, and by then you're dead. You don't really have the cooldown reduction to get yourself out of that mess, and you really need to rely on making sure that everything of yours lands, otherwise it's wasted opportunity, you don't have the damage. They'll just jump on you, and it is tough for you to get out. And as for Marcus, if he can get ahead, if, I think Marcus is really good right now. There is almost no answer to him unless you're a very far range character because nowadays Marcuses are literally just initiating onto ranged characters by smashing their R and then just walking up. So if a Marcus is ahead, it's very difficult to deal with him. But more often than not, of course, for every character, you're going to have way more games where you aren't that successful on a character like Marcus. And if your precondition of being successful is being ahead as a Marcus, that's a tough uh, precondition to meet, so his number is not surprising at all for me either. Yeah, I don't know. I think Marcus as well is just maybe not for Marcus that he's bad, but I definitely think the matter right now is not in favor for him. I think that if we think of the characters who are kind of top, we have right now we have Tom Fayon, just mainly this patch, who's just a character that just runs at you. Like, he doesn't really care what you're doing, he's just run straight at you but we have characters like Carla we have Nadine who just kind of like play that more like or Emma as well Adina characters that play at long range and it's hard for Marcus to kind of gap close with them the only character that wouldn't be as bad as Fiora but right now two hands for Fiora is definitely the more popular weapon of hers and with parry it allows you to counter a lot of 
like bad matchups, and I think that helps her against Marcus as well. So yeah, mainly just I think the meta is not fit for Marcus at the time. He's still really good if he gets ahead though. Like you get one or two transition items on him, and uh, it's like those transition items that allow him to stick onto characters or at least auto attack and go through his skills very fluidly. Then he's extremely solid. Like I, I played a game recently as Marcus. Well, it was Norms, of course. So of course, like that scaling aspect is going to be almost guaranteed for me there. But it almost surprised me as to how much more um, kind of accessible he was compared to way before. And his transition items nowadays are really fitting for him too. Like you think of backs of Pangu, you get more attack speed than Juggernaut. You have Watch, which of course again attack speed you have mithril quiver again attack speed you have um the visor that's the upgrade to tactical ops more attack speed and cooldown reduction so yeah um i don't know i think for marcus though it's like maybe, maybe this is m more of a hot take but i think if you want to play marcus it's just better to play estelle like another axe character who is like bulky who does have that more of chase with her e and what people are generally doing with Estelle is you run Heal Drone, as you can see with this Estelle on screen. I'll just pan over to her briefly and let's see she has the Heal Drone and is able to just kind of have like a second health bar with her ultimate and that big shield that she gets as well. So I think right now it's just Estelle's the better Axe character compared to Marcus, and I don't really see much of a reason to play Marcus. He's fun, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, fun's a different thing, but you can see we already saw his pick rate so bad, so yep. I think it's just better characters than him and not the best meta for him, and even if you if you're right in that once you get transition item, he's good, I think the odds of you getting the transition items are just quite low. I think there's better characters that can test at those objectives. So, yeah, and then... Let's look at our normalized version of average rank. So we have Shuriken and Cicela with 9.4, then Rio with 9.3, Camillo with 9.3, Laura with 9.2, and Glove Yawn at 9.1. So I, I think, honestly, all these characters are just kind of early aggressors. I mean, Rio's generally not an early aggressor, but if you've been watching the stream, you have noticed this... Rio actually ambushed someone in Factory night one, so maybe they're becoming more early aggressors lately. But I, I think it's just with Rio and Cicela, it's just the low HP pool dying quite early on. So most like these characters aren't surprising for me, the being quite low for average rank. Yeah, and overall, I think one of the greatest additions to the game recently for for Rio's was Pile Bunker. That thing is pretty much everything that a Rio could ask for in the accessory slot. Yeah. So finally, she doesn't have to run something like uh, White Rhinos in order to get a, the healing reduction, which, of course, for Rio, if you're poking people out, it's going to, over the course of time, really add up. So Rio players very happy right now. They're doing the exact same thing as they used to do back then. Just farm up the Weapon Master early by poking people out with the Daikyu bill. That's literally all they do. Hit weapon level 15 by like day 3 for some reason without killing a single person and just wreck everybody else with stat differences. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, yeah. And uh, this, this Rio already is quite stacked. Before... <laughs> 
she's still very punishable though. Once again, very squishy character. Yeah. Um, almost no way of getting out if you mess up your source. So. Yeah, for sure. You do need to keep your spacing quite well. And um, that's actually it for our characters. So this week we're actually going to be covering items. Uh, I also just want to say thank you for the raid on Mintanthus. I appreciate it. But yeah, we're going to cover items this this time because I was waiting for stats to come out for items and they finally did. So I got a couple stats for you guys. I didn't want to go too long into items since there's a couple more things that I'd want to cover after as well. But first off, let's look at what are our best items right now. So these are items with the highest win rates overall. And we have Elysian Halo. Oh yeah, these also have at least a 1% pick rate. I When I was looking to, for my research, I saw that Sniper Scope was like second best item. And I'm like, <laughs> we're going to exclude the 0.1% pick rate. <laughs> right, so... We have Elysian Halo with a 53.6% win rate, followed by Burgundy 47 with 50%, then Laced Quiver with 43.2%, Auto Arms with 40.4%, and Glacial Shoes with 403 So I think the thing that stands out to me the most is Laced Quiver. This is the only non-transition item for win rates that's top 5 right now, which is kind of surprising to me. Like, I've been thinking people will be switching to, like, Mifflow Quiver, or even just, like, the upgraded version of Slaced Quiver, right, into, what is it, Sultan Adorn, isn't it? So, yeah, Adorned. Yep. Adorned. But yeah, everyone's just kind of saying that Laced Quiver. I know that. Yeah. Like, uh, I know, like, auto-attack, well, some auto-attack characters are quite popular right now, like, we have Estelle here, Rio, and, I guess, Yuki, your um so i that's what i assume why it's just kind of surprising that it has such a high win rate yeah lace quiver is still really good though yeah i mean like you know you look at these stats it's the only non-transition item so you have to assume that people run it for a reason and they do the stats on that item is really good it's very universal very easy to build now as well you can two zone it or even like uh, maybe three zone it if you're really struggling that much for that item nowadays it's um uh, quite accessible in a lot of the most common areas that people go to for routing as well. So building it is almost no issue there. And in general, I think the reason why Lace Quiver is still up there is because you take a look at the best items when it comes to the 1% pick rate, you don't see any other accessories, which means that people are opting into, you're literally seeing transitions for everything but accessories here. <laughs> yeah. Look at it that way. So people are using those transition items to build into other things. Like you would think that maybe before when uh, Pre-Season 7 was still here, maybe Persona, um, before Persona came out, maybe uh, Necronomicon would have been up here. But of course, Persona coming out and then changing kind of like the, uh, the impact that Necronomicon has had compared to items like Persona, Lace Quiver is still going to be up here. It's almost no contest as to how good this item is. And a lot of the transition items are more for the utility aspect, not for um, a lot of the more, sorry, common uh, upgrades from the Lace Quiver that you would, could possibly think of are either for the utility purposes or very heavy investments that you'd rather use for something else, like Force Core into Auto Arms, for example. Yeah, for sure. But for this, remember, this is also just like win rate as well. It's not yep. necessarily like pick rate, so... It's this item is just good enough to have on it in the late game 
for you to just win on. Like compared to like the other items we see here, just being transition items, it's definitely more of like an outlier. But yeah, the stats on it are quite good. Just attack speed, attack power, movement speed, pretty much like anything or all you can ask for for an auto attacker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the thing I did want to point out most is at least the Halo being the best. For me, that's <laughs> definitely not a surprise. I've been honestly asking for nerfs for this item for a long time. Just, I think it's always kind of been over two in like the last like few seasons. The biotic infusion on this looked really good. It used to have 40 defense as well. I don't know what its current defense value is at, but it's definitely been nerfed because of all the defense got nerfed on all items so yeah it was just very strong item overall for auto attackers and even amp characters were running it until persona was added yeah and now it's even more universal because they recently changed it so some of these characters where their auto attacks counted as skill damage actually now pop biotic infusion for example sua uh why <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was kind of surprised and that's always complaining like oh Cube watch, whatever the the shock wave on it wasn't working with Sua's passive or whatever, and I'm like, please no. <laughs> I know Sua would be a character that would run Cube watch. Well, she used to anyway. Yeah, let's uh, not do that. Let's uh, revert that chain. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, still, I I say that I don't see that many Suas nowadays with Elysian Halo. But I'm just I'm just saying that it's much more universal, and of course, everybody knows how strong Elysian Halo in general is. So. Just saying that the opportunities for more people to run it and be successful with it are open. And because of that, of course, everybody, when you think about late game transitions, Elysian Halo is like one of the first things that pops into your mind for most of the characters, if not all, um, after a certain point. So, yeah, pretty solid. Yeah, and then the other standout item for me here is Glacial Shoes. Now, I, I don't know if people don't or haven't run the math for glacial shoes, but like I at least like Eclipse has run the math on them and they are just so bad. <laughs> they are they are like awful. So for me being them having a high win rate, I can only assume it's because the people like it has a lower pick rate compared to Iron Maidens right now. So it I guess the people who have been building them have been winning. Or the person who has it is already turbo fed, so they're just like, "Hey, I'll build glacials because it doesn't matter." <laughs> I mean, that's true. It's probably like what you probably use your first tree for Scotty, then your second one for the Sultan's turban. Although, I don't know. For me, I'm like kind of against Sultan's turban just because it's it's only thirty amp. That's all you get for the tree, and I'm like, you, know, you can you can do Scotty instead, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's just more of a people, yeah, as you said, being overfed or like just lower pick rate overall. And now look at our, let's look at our most pick items right now. So, uh, ignore the at least 1% pick rate. This is pick rate stats. So we have Radar with a 31.3% pick rate, followed by Bucephalus or Bucephalus, whatever you want to pronounce it. 26.7% pick rate, followed by Imperial Crown, 20.7, Commander's Armor with 19.4, and Feather Boots with 17.9. Now, to me, this is a little bit ironic, because I feel like a lot of these items were on the uh, the dummy they had last season. 
if you remember that they made, you know, like the yep. most thing. I think all otherwise you can't have two shoes, but I think it was uh feathers, so yeah. <laughs> feather boots. But Oh man. I mean, where where do you begin with this one? I mean, first of all, at least we can say goodbye to Burgundy, right? Burgundy has pretty much been effectively pushed out by Imperial Crown after they added cooldown reduction to it and kept the recipe very similar to what it was before, just removing the fact that you needed, I believe, I think it was a gemstone or something like that in order to fully build it up. It's gotten easier to build, but the stats are very very good. Who needs max HP percent when people usually build this item on amp characters because the routing was so good? You don't need that additional HP. You just have the defense stat, you have the CDR, you have the amplification on it. Very easy item to build, very effective when it comes to the overall utilization of it. You're missing out on the movement speed from Burgundy. Who cares? You get more cooldown reduction, the stats very comparable to it. And you can upgrade it to almost effectively any transition item from Imperial, uh, from Imperial Crown. Whereas for Burgundy, now you used to have to start thinking about turbans, I guess, at that point as well. If you really want to upgrade into it now, there's no point. I don't know. I think I actually have like an opposite take of you. I think Burgundy is better than Crown. I do agree though that the routing for Crown is a lot easier. So that's would be my reason why. But I think movement speed is just so valuable. Sure. I'd rather take the 0 0.06 movement speed than the 4% more CDR that just, just grants you. Anymore. You get a lot of amp characters run right crane fan, which already has the unique movement speed on it. Yeah. So you start tacking on more on top of it. It's like you can't stack it anymore, so it kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I guess, having a character that has healing reduction on their weapon, I can just not worry about doing white crane fan just doing for sure like burke and that instead so like is i'm not going to build white crane fan and get double healing reduction <laughs> privileged characters let's go <laughs> yeah and oh my gosh just a radar is still up here like even though we've been talking about how amp is so dominant we have radar i know that this is all stats it's like there's no way for me to filter top 1000 so it's probably more with like lower elo playing more crit based characters that would be my only assumption really because mm -hmm. the, the meta right now in high elo is definitely more amp dominated and that's why we, also i, I did want to know with commander's armor the reason why it's up here is because for amp characters there's like no other chess piece you want unless you really need CDR, in which case you'd go High Priest Rope instead. But, yeah, it's pretty much all amp characters are on Commander's Armor, you can see. I'm sure if I looked through this lobby right now and looked at which characters are amp and how many of them are wearing Commander's Armor, it'd probably be all of them. Yeah, you have Cardinal Robes and EOD suit as well, but a lot of times when you start scaling into the late game, Cabana right now is still a pretty absurd item. It did get recently nerfed in regards to its amplification, but it's still really good. Uh, Commander's Armor, of course, another pretty easy item to build up. It's a two-zone if you go Cemetery Pond, which is quite common in a lot of amplification-style builds. You go there for other items to begin with anyway, so you might as well build up into it, or... You know, you have another item that's in slot, for example, like the Cardinal Robe, and then you just transition up into a Cabana and keep holding on to it until you transition to something else, or you get the Cabana later on with the Meteorite. Yeah, and Cabana's definitely 
on the stronger end as well. They didn't actually nerf it since, I believe, the last episode. They nerfed some of the amp on it just because of how strong it was. And I expect them to honestly nerf it again. I think like, they had it at 90, I believe. I can even just check here. I think it's... This is Commander's Armor, but for Kaban, I think it's 85 now. So I, I could honestly see them moving it down to 80. But yeah, the thing is, I just feel like not many amp transition items. You have Queen of Hearts, but then that's a VF Blood. And I don't know how many characters were willing to commit a VF Blood to make Queen of Hearts at this point. Yeah, you have other options too. Taproot is still a very valid option because boots are usually not the most prioritized upgrade. And Taproot is the easiest to build up into nowadays as well. Yeah, so. yeah I, I agree with that. And... Yeah, with this, I just wanted to kind of, we've been kind of like hinting at it all. Yeah, we've we've been hinting at like all the podcast, but just kind of talking about the the meta as a whole. Unless you wanted to actually add something about like bad items, because I didn't really cover any of those. Um, bad items. Well, like I genuinely items. think. Uh, right now, a lot of people... Okay, so right now, the reason why I'm saying this is because I almost see nobody build it. Um, theoretically speaking, it's not a bad item, per se. Uh, and I think Guardian Suit is one of the more items that hasn't been utilized, although the idea behind it is fine, and I think the stats are pretty okay as well. It's just no one plays that, that, that gameplay style. And Guardian Suit, to begin with, already uses up a very good... Um, transition item which is a four score we saw the stats we don't even have to know the stats for the pick rate on the legion halo why use a four score on a on a battle suit to build up into a guardian suit when you can have other very good transition items like the auto arms the hermes the legion halo even if you want to go up into the emerald tablet that's an option that's most likely better than guardian suit because tanking things is not exactly what you're going to be doing things right now in eternal return it's not there yet. The meta is just not fitting for Guardian Sue right now, so I would say that's probably a quote unquote weak item. I, I'm honestly kind of surprised you're saying that because for me, I've the games I've been combing through for KR, a lot of them are building Guardian Suit. Mm -hmm. Like you, I definitely know it's more of a meta item on Estelle, and Estelle is one of our stronger characters right now. Uh, I've predicted that it'd be quite strong on Etchion as well, although. I think Etrian's slightly fallen off since I, like, since last patch, but I still think he's, like, one of our top tier characters, and I don't know, I've been, I still, I think Guardian Suit's fine. I don't think it's, I, I think the stats on her are good enough for it to be built, and, yeah, I said, I, I've been seeing a decent number of you, so I'm just kind of surprised that you think it's on the the weaker end, or at least maybe like I'll not meta. Maybe nope. I'll have a wake up call during ERM. Who knows? Yeah, I was like maybe ERM will reflect more because uh, yeah, with tournaments, I I think I mentioned it before. Maybe not like to I guess stream or chat or whatever. Is that tournaments kind of give a more I'd say defined version of the meta oftentimes because. The players in it are generally of a higher caliber, in my opinion, like with ranked matchmaking. At least from what I've seen in Turtle Turn, it can be so broad 
you can be like immortal and be matched with plat players and at that point it's not i feel like it's not fully accurate of the skills of the character of the players that you're like facing into right like we see like g work with 12 wins out of his last 20 and g works a really good player don't get me wrong but for me i wonder it's like how many of those players are actually like immortal players that he's going against, right so i think with tournament it's better reflection of how good and bad characters are i i think it'll be more defined to see yeah and even just tacking on top of that as well like even if you talk about is it an immortal lobby but at the same time is it an immortal lobby that'll actually match up into these players instead of just trying to play passive because a lot of the characters that some of our highest uh, elo players that we know and love play capitalize on the fact that people don't want to fight into you they just rather stay alive so you take those opportunities to build up your your stats weapon mastery trade and you give them defense sure but you're building up your weapon mastery as you fight them you don't kill them who cares you have a bigger opportunity to get the kill if you're the one that initiates into them and they're the ones running away if you have the utility to keep them locked down continuously chase them down which of course you think of character uh, people like gwork playing laura for example absolutely have so yeah in competitive series like tournaments especially for erm we see all the time during grand finals everybody is aggressive as hell it's not it, it, you have to it's so heavily favored towards making sure that you get the kills to keep your um point total up in the safety net of what you really need to have to either qualify or make it into the finals it's going to be a real test to see where what people are going to start building up and what really counts when it comes to stat differences very excited for uh what the item <laughs> builds up are going to be in erm right now super super excited yeah, for sure. I, I'm going to keep a close eye on it, too, just because, again, I think it helps give a clearer picture of the meta, just a clearer picture of characters, items, play styles, just a, a lot of things I think you can take out from a, a tournament. Yeah, and another thing I really want to mention as well is, like, a lot of people here might be saying, like, oh, why are you guys talking about, you know, KR specifically? And, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely a lot more NA-focused here, but why are you guys talking about that region? It shouldn't really matter. But the problem is, you know, we're looking at stats, and stats are going to be heavily favored towards the, uh, the region that has a bigger player base, just because that's how stats work. Uh, KR, of course, is going to be the one that impacts the stats that we're looking at the most. And while for me, I'm bringing up the topic of, for example, the Guardian suit off of my experiences in NA, of course, if a region that has more players are going to be thinking the otherwise, then that's going to be there for a reason. I talked about the differences between the meta in international regions as well as KR, but that's a whole topic for a different video if you guys are interested in watching that. But that's the reason why we're talking a lot more heavily in regards to KR, because the numbers we're looking correspond to the region we need to be talking about. Yeah, exactly. I hope one day they do release regional stats. I know they mentioned yeah. doing regional stats for like looking for balance wise, um, but I do I do wish that we were, would be able to see them if they eventually get to that. I know there's probably higher priorities than being regional stats maybe not though maybe it'll help with balance better if they had more balancing points but i it'd be cool to see i'm just waiting for the that day to happen 
And then, yeah, with the meta, just kind of overall, I think a lot of meta is kind of highly multiple times is mainly just amp characters right now with kind of a few exceptions thrown here and there. Sorry, I ended up losing power at this point, so this is why the broadcast was cut short. I do apologize and will be sticking to the regular schedule next week. Thank you for your understanding.